Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. This is not entertainment. This is called worship. This is called worship. The psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. You see, sometimes you don't understand what folks have been through. If you're going to be in church after all the stuff you've been through on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, I wish I had a praying church this morning. You, you might as well just worship God. You might as well give him some praise. Somebody would say, he's been good. He brought me through. He made a way out of nowhere. Yo, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You, you might as well praise him. You, you might as well give him the praise. Y'all may be seated. We're living in a dangerous time, Pastor. You don't know what's going to happen from moment one moment to the next. Uh, somebody would say, I made it through uh, by the grace of God. It wasn't my education. It's not my money. It's not my connection, but the Lord. I wish I had a praying church this morning. The Lord brought me through. Somebody else said, I, I should have been dead. I should have been in my grave. But watch this. He woke me up this morning and started me on my way. I drove my car. Sometimes folks say it doesn't take all of that. But if you know what I've been through. Reverend Bell, I was driving my car on Tuesday morning, coming out of the gym. A lady come out of nowhere and just ran right into me. Right into me. I was so shocked, I didn't know what happened. I turned around and found her car and she had no license. Found out that my car, my baby, was all messed up. And I looked around, I said, well, I'm able to walk out on my own strength. I praise, you don't know what I know. And I'm sitting here because of the glory of God. Sometimes you tell folks stuff that think you made it up. I didn't make it up. I'm living and breathing by the grace and the mercy of God. So excuse me if I make a fool of myself in the house of the Lord because I should have been dead. But God, tell your neighbor, but God, I should have been homeless, but but God. Come on, somebody, help me this morning. Help me, somebody. I should have been in the hospital. But God! Mm. Mm. You see, the choir is singing, God is my all in all. Uh, you don't know what, the, what that means? If you ever needed God, you will know Reverend Bell. He's your all. Let, let me go ahead and preach, Pastor. Let me go ahead and preach. Because y'all get me started because I should have been dead on Tuesday. But God 
said no. And you know what I love? God said, I veto that. Every now and then, God will veto some stuff. The enemy try to take your job. Reverend Bear, God said, I veto it. Try to take your family. God said, I veto it. I'm still God. I still have power. I still reign. I veto it. for his veto power he's still sovereign God didn't give up his position yet he's still God Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Sidkenu Jehovah Shalom oh come on somebody let me go ahead and preach here I got excited because I should have been dead when I came home I told my wife do you believe what happened she was so shocked she didn't know what to say she said huh God is good. To my pastor, I got to get it right. The Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, thank you for the privilege. To our awesome worship leader, she was excited and her fire got me started. It's contagious. We thank God for this praise team. Come on, let's give him some praise here. God is worthy. And so I was, especially after Tuesday, because you don't know why you're praying. I have been fasting for 40 days. My fasting is going to end on Wednesday. And my wife looks at me and says, boy, you're losing too much weight. You look like you're somebody who needs some food. <laughs> but I said, what I need is, I didn't know why I was fasting, Reverend Bell, but on Tuesday morning, I know why I was fasting. And so we serve a God who can hear and can answer prayers. So I thank God for the privilege to stand behind this pulpit because technically I shouldn't be here. So Father, we bless you for your awesomeness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that you are still doing the things that nobody can do. You're still using your veto power and declaring yourself glorious and mighty and father so we come right now god in the spirit lord god of worship yet and still asking for your spirit to stand in us that we might be able to preach your word with power that the soul of your people will be edified have thine own way god and saturate this place in jesus name we pray amen, amen. a god who hears and answers prayers the pioneer evangelist and missionary called Hudson Teller. He spent 55 years in China and he's been credited for helping to evangelize China. But on his way to China, he was on a boat. And while he was going there and the captain came down in his room and knocked on the door, the captain said, Mr. Hudson, we know that you are men of God. We have a problem. He said, what is the problem? He said, the boat is not moving fast enough and it is drifting towards an island. And we are afraid that the people on that island are cannibals. And we are scared. And the captain said, we need you to pray. 
And Mr. Hudson replied, as I pray, I need you to set sail and act as if we're going to go where we need to go. And the captain said, well, that don't make no sense because you can't sail without no wind. And Hudson insisted. And the captain went out. And 45 minutes later, the captain came and said, you could stop praying now because we got too much wind. I wish I had somebody who know that God will make the impossible possible when you get on your knees in the name of Jesus God will put some wind in your cell and do things that nobody else can do he came and found a man on the knees he said man you need to stop praying because he got too much wind too much wind how God can make it rain in the midst of a drought. He can provide shelter in a time of storm. He, he can do what nobody else can do. So when you are praying, you're not wasting your time. When you are praying, you are strengthening encouraging, empowering yourself because you are having a conversation with an almighty God who can do all things but fail. Prayer, prayer is the most effective communication that we have. If you've never mastered the language of prayer, I encourage you to spend some time with God in prayer. Because contrary to popular belief, God always answers prayers. It may not be the answer that you want. But he always answer prayer. When we come before the Lord in prayer, we mobilize his attention. And we create fear in the enemy's kingdom. I've never had somebody sick, Reverend Bell, who asked me to preach to them. But they call to ask for prayer. People don't say, give me your preaching request. They say, here's my prayer request. And it's interesting that the great evangelist Dwight L. Moody said, I would prefer to be a great prayer warrior than to be a great preacher. And one thing that I noticed in the Bible, that Jesus did not teach his disciples how to preach. But he taught them how to, come on somebody. So when you want to draw on the power of God, you need to get on your knees. When you want to do spiritual warfare and things are going in your life, you got to get down on your knees because the battle is not up standing up talking about all kind of stuff, but it's on your knees because God moves when we call in the name of Jesus in prayer. So I've... I've told the Lord, I said, listen, make me the best prayer warrior that you can. I don't, I'm not necessarily looking to be a great preacher. But if I can, and that's why I remember on Tuesday nights, I get excited. When it's time for prayer on Tuesday morning, Sister Billy, I get excited. Why? Because I know when I open my mouth, demons are running. Yes, yes, yes. Demons are running. People are getting healed. 
Because I am calling for reinforcement. Here's the thing you need to understand. Prayer is a call for reinforcement. You're saying, God, I need some reinforcement. Do you know when you get to praying, there are spirit and angels standing all around you because you are asking God for reinforcement. If there's one thing believers need to prioritize, it is prayer. In the book of Acts, the church prayed and Peter was set free. At midnight, Paul and Silas, have you ever had the midnight experience? You can't sleep, you're tossing and turning, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord said, why don't you just pray? And as you begin to pray, and your eyes start to close up, and you guys say, well, let me stay up, because things move when you call in the name of Jesus on your knees and cry out to him, prayer works. Tell your neighbor, prayer works. Peter was set free when Moses lifted up his hands and called on the name of the Lord. A Red Sea was parted. David slew a Goliath. And Nehemiah prayed for four months. And after he prayed for four months, he got favor from the king and was able to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. So the first thing that I see in this uh, two texts that the Lord laid in my spirit is, Believers should pray with confidence. Pray with confidence. In Jeremiah 29, verse 10 to 12, God said to the children of Israel through the prophet of Jeremiah, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, notice what he said, I will come, not I think I'm coming, not that I might come, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future, to give you hope. Then you will call on me and pray, and I will listen to you. In other words, it does not matter what it looks like, brother preacher. 70 years is a long time. God said, when that 70 years is over, oh, I know you've been praying for healing, but when the time comes, I know you've been looking for a better way to get some things done. The Lord said to Jeremiah, tell my children, it doesn't matter how long it's been, you are to believe and trust that I will do what I said I will do. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The God that we serve will always do what he said that he will do. When the 70 years is over, can I tell you the reason why you do not have what you are praying for is because the time is not appointed yet. Tell somebody when you are in the not yet stage, it's still a time to worship. It's still a time to be faithful. It's still a time to be steadfast when you are in the not yet stage. Or you might have to wait for a little while, but you best believe that God will come through because he's not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, come on somebody. He will do it. And he said, when the 70 years is over, I will come. I will set you free. 
because I know my plans. Stop believing what people say you can't do. How do you know what I can't do? You didn't make me. You didn't create me. Oh, you can't do this. You can't be that. You don't know what God has purpose for me. It says when the 70 years is over, the king of Babylon was not in charge. Ah, it was God that is in charge. So you, you keep on praying because God will not forget his promises to you. You may be hard pressed on every side, but, 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 but don't think that you are crushed. You may be perplexed, but you're not in despair. Pray with confidence. You say, well, what, preacher, what does that look like? Can I help you today? Can I give you? Pastor always give us a demonstration. You get on your knees. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou would withdraw thyself from me, oh, where would I go? Lord, I just heard and found out that the cancer is stage four. But I know you to be a God who can raise the dead. I just heard and find out that the company is going out of business. But you said that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory. I don't know how you're going to do it. But Lord, I believe that you can do the impossible. So I trust in you. I'm depending on you and I'm waiting on you. Give me strength to wait while you do what you do. Does that help you? I'm going to pray. And I tell you what, most of the time, I don't know what God is going to do. And you know what? I don't need to know what God is going to do because it might be too overwhelming for me. I just have to trust him. I just have to believe in him. So therefore, you can come boldly before his throne of grace in prayer because you know God can do what nobody else can do. And we read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his, what? Will. To his will. He hears us. He hears us. God does not need or does not have hearing aid. Sometimes we make it sound as if God needs hearing aid. You're not hearing me, God. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we can have the request that we have asked of him. The reason why we should pray with confidence is because the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. See, I may not even know what I'm saying when I pray. But one thing I ask is the Spirit of God to lead me to intercede for me because I have a need and I need a breakthrough. And the Spirit always get through with God because the Spirit is God. So we must stand on the promises of God in his word. First King chapter 18 verse 43. Elijah told his servant, go and look toward the sea to see if rain is coming. The servant went and came back and told Elijah, 
I don't see any rain. As a matter of fact, the sky is clear. Elijah went back and tell him and said, I need you to go back again and see if there's any rain coming. The servant said, I don't see no rain. Elijah told him to do that seven times, the number of completeness. And, on, and after the seventh time, the servant came back and said, I see a small little cloud. A small little cloud. That's all I need, Reverend Bell. Every now and then, I just need a small little cloud. I don't need the whole rain yet. I just need a small little cloud. And when he said that, Elijah said, okay, you see a small little cloud? Go tell the king to hurry up and go home because it's going to rain. I know that you cannot see the cloud while you're struggling with chemotherapy. But, but if you open up your spiritual eyes and, and pray with confidence, can I tell you, there is a small little cloud. And you can take that and run with it. Tell the doctor, I know this is only the second or the third round of chemo, but there is a small little cloud. And when you believe that God is going to turn that little cloud into a monsoon rain, you will run with that. You'll be encouraged. You will be blessed because our God is still answering prayers. Yesterday, Sister Bridget called me and said, Pastor, I got to share this with you. I said, what's going on? She said, I went to the doctor and they finally diagnosed me. I, I, I don't know what we're going to, you know, the treatment part yet. But I'm rejoicing because at least I know what's wrong. Small little cloud. I don't know what God is going to do, but small little cloud. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills, but small little cloud. So you pray with confidence because all God needs is just a small cloud. And you know why Jeremiah was so confident? Because it was the same God who told him to go to the widow at Zarephath who provided a meal for him from literally nothing. And if God can provide a five-course meal with a little bit of dough and a little bit of oil, come on somebody. He can do anything. If God can raise somebody from the dead, he can do anything. I don't need a whole lot. I just need a small little cloud because I know what he has done before. He can do it again. Oh, you're not with me this morning. Uh, you stand there acting as if God didn't deliver you before. As if God didn't make a way for you before. You're acting as if you've always had the money to pay your bills. That you've always had good health. That you've always been happy. You've always lived in a nice house. You've always driven nice cars. But can I tell you, it is because of the Lord. It is because of God's mercy. It is because of God's grace. God has blessing you. God is giving you everything that you have. You always got to praise and give God glory. Because God is the one that is doing everything in your life. Small little cloud, that's all I need. So that's why on Tuesday night and Tuesday mornings, when I pray, I don't pray if God is going to do it, Reverend Bell. It's when. That's right, when. I may have to wait a little while, but I yet believe that he's going to do it. 
People ask me, why do you pray so much? Because I know God is able. It ain't just a song. It's not like Gino sitting up there saying he's able. It's not a song. It's life in action. He's able. He's done it before. He's able. So we pray with confidence. Elijah said, now tell the king it's going to rain. And second of all, not only do we pray with confidence, but we pray with fervency. What does it mean to pray with fervency? Well, the word fervency means passionate, focus, determined. Ain't pray you praying on Tuesday morning or you're praying on Tuesday night and you are checking your texts. You are cooking. You are walking around. Television screen is wide open and you're doing everything else while you are praying. And you wonder why you're struggling and your prayer is not being answered. And I'm going to give you an example. Robin Bell is a judge. When you go before the judge, you don't sit there with your cell phone and click, 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 click. You want the judge undivided attention and the judge certainly demand your undivided attention. Now, how is the judge going to hear your case and render verdict when you're sitting there talking to Shanani on the phone? Some of us, we go before the Lord in prayer and we're doing everything but really praying. And because we're on the phone and nobody can see us, we said we prayed. And as you're finished, the devil said, good job. The devil saying, good job. We need you to be doing that every day. Prayer ought to be fervent. Focus. You have the undivided attention of the sovereign God of the universe. And you mean to tell me you're thinking about who to text? You have second or third degree cancer, but you are worrying about what's going on on TV while you are in prayer. Prayer ought to be done with fervency. The children of Israel were in bondage for 70 years. And you know why Nehemiah prayed for four months? And while he was praying, he was weeping and crying. Because when the need is great, our prayer life ought to be greater. When the burden is overwhelming, we need to be more fervent in prayer. Stop playing patty cake when we are praying. Because we are talking to the awesome God. He wants your undivided attention and stop allowing the enemy to get in between you and God. You ought to be fervent. Fervent prayer is the kind of prayer that tears down spiritual stronghold. Because when you are focused on God and God is focused on you, there is a power, a force that moves and mobilizes around you, the devil is afraid to touch it. That's one of those things that I'm reminded of. MC Hammer tells you how old I am. You can't 
this. Every now and then, the enemy wants to get around. He wants to get around, but he can't because you have been praying with God. And I'm sure that if the enemy could, y'all would probably be reeling and preparing for my funeral this week. But when you're spending time with God in prayer, you are moving around the, the circumference of his divine presence. According to Psalm 91, he can't touch this. See, the children of Israel were discouraged. After all these years, they didn't know if they were going to make it back. But God said, no, I know the plans I have for you. And the reason why you ought to be fervent in prayer is because you want to sit at the feet of God to get intro, introduction or introspection about what God it is that God is going to do for you. Because sometimes we don't know. We lose interest. We lose hope. But God says, stay here a little while. Keep on praying. Don't give up on me because I will never give up on you. No matter how long it takes, cry out to God, pray, and keep on praying because your blessings is already decreed and declared. Can I give you an example? In the book of Daniel, Daniel was praying, and after two weeks of prayer, the word of the Lord said, God sent an angel, and the angel said, Daniel, while you are praying, the first day you started to pray, the Lord had already answered your prayer. But the prince of Persia, the evil one, tried to hijack your blessing. Can I tell you the enemy wants to hijack your blessing, Gino? Uh, you praying and you don't see what's going on. It's spiritual warfare. Because the moment you get down to praying, God already answered your prayer. But the enemy is going to distract you. It's going to play a game with your mind. It's going to make you doubt yourself. All of a sudden, you start worrying about what somebody else has. Now, you're focused on other people's blessing. You're not focusing on what God is trying to tell you. Your ears are not tuned into the voice of God because you're too busy looking at everybody else. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay on God. If you're fasting, stay on your fasting. If you're praying, stay on your praying. Stay away from gossip. Stay away from all that stuff. Keep your eyes focus on God because he's talking to you. Are you listening? You want your blessing? Be fervent. Be passionate. Be committed. Be determined. Do whatever you have to do, but don't let the enemy distract you. And then believers should pray with expectancy. Prayer is all about faith. If you don't believe that God can do what you're asking, don't waste your time in prayer. I don't care what it is. We pray with expectation because we have confidence in the supernatural power of God. Here's what Jesus said. I tell you, whatever you ask of me, if you have faith, it will be given to you. Doesn't matter what it is. If you have faith, it will be given to you. You say, well, what does faith look like? Well, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, I am going to pray believing that God has already done whatever it is that I'm asking for no matter how long I have to pray. Can you imagine a farmer goes out into his farm sowing seed and after he sows the seeds and goes home and says, well, there is no harvest coming. Huh? That would be a waste of time to go out into the field and sow seeds that you don't think is ever going to bring forth a harvest. But when you believe there is going to be a harvest, guess what you do? You water the seed. You till the land. And you wait expectantly because you know there is a harvest coming. We say, where are you going with this preacher? When you pray with expectation, you worship with determination. You have a testimony because you know it doesn't matter how long a harvest is coming. Or you can always tell people that have faith, it doesn't matter what they're going through, but they will walk into the church with a praise and a shout. Their attitude, they're not mean, they're not nasty. They are encouraging. They are hopeful. You say, how could that person be so encouraging when they are going through so much? Because they believe the same God that blessed you can bless them too. They know they've been sowing seeds in prayer every day and they are expecting a harvest. And let me tell you something. When you put God to the test, Malachi 3, God said, stand back and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing and you will not have enough room to receive. Can I tell you? Sometimes you just got to tell the Lord, this is what you said in Malachi chapter 3, but now Lord, I'm going to stand back. You need to blow my mind because you said that you would. I wish I had a praying church. You've got to expect God to do great things. Stop putting limit on God. Stop putting restriction on God. Cancer is not bigger than God. Omicron is not bigger than God. Financial crisis is not bigger than God. Stop saying what God can do, but praise God for what he can do, no matter what it looks like. You know, sometimes you hear folks say things like, you know, I'm praying. You know, but, but you know, the, the doctor said this. I don't care what the doctor say. I'm praying, you know, I, I believe, but there is no but when it comes to God. I'm trusting you, God. Whatever you do, I will praise you. Whatever you do, I'll be faithful. Whatever you do, I worship you. Whatever you do, because you said, you said that you would mix with everything. Everything worked together for my good. So I've got to take you at your promise. I know the kind of God that you are. So pray with expectation. I don't know what you're expecting right now. I 
don't know what need you have right now, but you got to stop praying as if God cannot do what you're asking him to do. You got to stand on your faith. And if you can't stand on your faith, stand on the faith of your mama because he brought her through. Stand on your faith of your daddy because he brought him through. Stand on your faith of your ancestors because he brought us through. God can do all things. Expectation. I don't know what you're expecting God to do for you. But when you go to prayer, can I tell you this? It's warfare. The enemy is trying to do everything he can to confuse, to delay, to distract, and discourage. But when you go before the Lord, you've got to rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. You see, prayer is not about how you feel. Sometimes you may not feel like prayer, but you got to pray. Prayer is not about what other people have been able to do. That's their blessing. Prayer is about you and God. It's about you entering the holy of holies and having a conversation with the greatest power of the universe and beyond. So I don't care what people have said. I don't care what your experience have been because what is for me, God will make sure that I get his purpose and his plans for me. That's what he told the children of Israel. Don't believe people that said that you're never gonna go back. I will pave a highway in the middle of a desert to make you go through. I've done it before. And you need to understand that. Let me talk to you now, family. God is committed to you. God is invested in you. God wants you to achieve the fullness of his purpose for your life according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For I know that God will bless and lead you because he created you for good works. And prayer is the tool that God has provided that every now and then you come into his presence and remind him that as I am yours, you're leading me. You bring so those issues and concerns before him. You know, this and that is trying to stop me from doing your work. Help me, Lord. This and that may be sickness. This and that may be problems in your finances. But you got to bring this thing to the Lord and God will say, listen, I got, we'll work this thing out. Because I'm not going to let you not do what it is I created you to do. Prayer is warfare. Because the enemy knows if you ever figured it out. If you've ever discovered the power you have. When you pray, you put his demons out of business. If you've ever figured it out, the power of prayer, when you go to your next doctor visit, you will lift up your hands and give praise before you get that next round of chemo. If you've ever figured it out, when you go to that job, before your supervisor even come to your desk, you start praising God. And he will walk right back to where he came from because it's too hot next to your desk. 
I wish I had a praying church. Have you ever walked into a supermarket and while you walk into the supermarket, you see somebody else who's coming and they go the other way? It's too hot. It's too hot. There is an anointing on you because you've been spending time with God in prayer. It's too hot. Have you ever been around folks and they were going to gossip and they said, well, let's go over here. Let's go over here. It's too hot. There is an anointing on you. I want to encourage you as we go through this season of prayer, going through this campaign of prayer, develop, cultivate your prayer life. The stronger you are in prayer, the mightier you are in the works of God. You can't do nothing without prayer because prayer is an invitation for God to do what you yourself cannot do. So can I tell you, God is still hearing and answer prayers. And when the church prays, people are set free. When the church prays, marriages are fixed. When the church prays, people in prison will get out of prison. When the church prays, we'll turn this community around. If my people who will call by my name at Pleasant Grove Church will humble themselves, pray and seek my presence and turn from their wicked ways, God said, I will turn Pleasant Grove Church upside down. Our youth will run like the eagle. Our elder member, Sister Hattie, will get the Holy Ghost and start shouting in the church. If my people who are called by my name, you'll find folks waiting at the door at 7.30 to get into the sanctuary for a 9.45 service because the fire of God is already moving in the sanctuary. If my people who are called by my name, Pastor Preston, will get on the pulpit and catch the Holy Ghost because you've been praying. I wish I had a praying church this morning. If my people who are called by my name will pray, I tell you, not only will the sick be healed, but you'll find out that the community will come right here at Blessing Grove Church to find the word of the Lord, to be set free in the word of God. I tell you, if my people... And I tell you again, he didn't say if my people called by my name would preach. He said would pray. And said to have meetings, but to pray. Can I tell you, spend more time in prayer than in anything else. He said, well, how do you pray every day? Well, you are in the gym. Lord, I'm here because you give me the strength to be here. You on the bench. Lord, I bless you. Give me the wisdom to pass right judgment. You in your house. I remember my mama. She would be in the kitchen praying. I said, that lady done lost her mind. She's cooking. She's praying. I said, something's wrong with her. But I was a fool. When I got some wisdom, I realized I need to pray when I'm working. I need to pray when I'm driving. I need to pray whatever I'm doing because I need God to be by my side. God is still hearing and answering prayer. Are you praying? God bless you. To give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, 
I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.